Hey, it's great to be with you today. I love church at this time of the year. I love the kind of sense of there's an opportunity to reflect on the year that's been and, and to kind of reevaluate, reprioritize for the year ahead. You know, that everyone does New Year's resolutions and it's kind of like that sense like, man, I actually got a bit of a clean slate, a fresh start. And so I want to rethink how I do these things. And I love at church at this time of the year, we've kind of got some time and space to do that. And so I want to invite you to kind of go on a bit of a journey around what I want to talk about, about reappraisal. It's kind of an opportunity just to sit back, think, and maybe reappraise uh, what you're doing, where you're putting your time, how you're doing life, where you're investing your resources of time and money and energy and passion, uh, because this is the time to do it. Uh, back in a long time ago, 30 more years ago, a book was published that I read as uh, my early 20s by a guy, Tony Campolo. It was called Who Switched the Price Tags? And, and it, the image was of someone sneaking into a big department store and swapping all the price tags on the items. And it wasn't so much about, well, then everything would get messed up and you could get some good deals. It, would be, it was this, that if you went into that place seeking to spend uh, your hard-earned money on some things of real value, you would get it wrong because you would be spending a lot of money that it taken a lot of your time to get on something that had a price tag that said it was very valuable, but in fact, it wasn't worth it. And so you would be wasting money on things that weren't of sufficient value, but you would also be walking past stuff that actually was incredibly valuable, but you're thinking, oh, it's like in the $2 basket or something. It's not valuable, and it is valuable. And so this idea that, um, as he said, this is a search for values in a mixed up world. We live in a world that's like the price tags have been mixed up. Someone has switched the price tags, and and that's why it's it's so important that at times we stop and we reappraise what we're doing, that we make sure that the appropriate price tags are on the different parts of our life. No, this is really valuable and I'm going to invest time in it. No, this is okay, but it's not that important. So I'm not going to invest a whole lot of my time and money on this thing and and, and to to reappraise, to kind of get the things right. The Apostle Paul talked about this in uh, the New Testament, 2 Timothy. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. And it's like, yeah, in our house, we've got rubbish tins, we've got toilet, uh, toilet paper, we've got toothpaste. You need those, but they're not really special. It's not like we keep them in a special place and we're really careful with them and we make sure that you know, they're protected and we spend a lot of money on it. They're just common. They're, they're there and, you, and they're, they're part of life. But then we have some items that are in special cabinets and we bring them out for special occasions and we look after them and we treat them gently and they bring great joy and delight to us because they're priceless, because they're, they're the special things of life. And, and it would be terrible to kind of get them around the wrong way, to be putting a lot of time and effort and care into things that weren't really special and to be neglecting the things that are special. And I believe this time of the year is a significant time to make sure we've got the right tags on the right things as we go into the new year. Uh, part of the reason I do this, say this is uh, a month or so ago, Someone just sent me a text and they said they felt they had a word of God for me and they just said this, your appraisal of something isn't quite accurate. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Oh, you know, maybe I need to reevaluate. Maybe I need to reprioritize. I have a think about it. And then two days later, they sent another text and said, 
reappraise again. And it's like, oh man, if this is from God, he's really, he's really saying like, you really need to do this. And, and it made me think about the word because sometimes you think, well, if God's repeating this word, appraise, reappraise, maybe there's something more to that word than I think. And so when I looked it up, appraisal is this, the act of estimating or judging the nature or value of something. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember when my wife got her wedding rings appraised. An appraisal isn't a reprioritizing, it's not a reevaluation, it's actually a re-estimating of the value. And it's like we want to jump to sort out my priorities, get my intentions, but it's like we've got to back up the truck and go, it all starts with a reassessment of the real value of things. To reappraise your life is to reassess, hold on, this part of my life, this is really valuable and I want to invest the appropriate amount of time and money and effort and energy into this because it's really significant. Oh, this part has kind of crept up and it's dominating my life, but actually when I look at it, it's not that significant. It's not that special. Why am I putting so much resource into this? It's like I'm treating something common as if it's special. It's like someone has switched the price tags and just doing life those those kind of distinctions get blurred we just get busy we get caught up in the tyranny of the urgent and it's that's why I love this time of the year before it's a chance to reevaluate or reprioritize first of all it's a chance to reappraise what is the real value of some things in my life? Reminded me of a statement by a guy, Tom Marshall, who was a, a Kiwi uh, Bible teacher again back in the 80s. Because this person who sent me these messages said, if you do this, you will enjoy your life better. And it's like, if I attach the right value to things, then I'm gonna be excited about the level of energy I invest in them and I'll enjoy my life. I'll feel good about my life. But if, if my sense of the value of these things has gone down and I'm being called to invest a lot of time in it, then I'm going to resent my life and I'm not going to enjoy it more. I hope that makes sense. Tom Marshall explains it like this. He's talking about the place of honor and respect in relationships and why it's important. And he says this, Firstly, when I recognize the value of people, I become aware of how incredibly rich my life is. Do you get that? Your sense of enjoyment is not determined by, by what's happening. It's actually determined by how highly you value the things that you're doing, the people in your world. And it's like, that's why I need a reappraise. Because if you're feeling like my life's got into a bit of a grind, uh, I'm just not enjoying this, I'm not feeling that my life is really rich, maybe it's because the price tags have got moved. Maybe it's because what you're the things that are really valuable in your life, you're not recognizing their value and investing the appropriate amount of time and energy into it. He, he explains this, why? Because I'm surrounded and my life is interpenetrated by so many worthy and valuable men and women. So the more that I value the people that I do life with, the more that I'm gonna feel like my life is awesome. Uh, he goes on to say, my life acquires thereby a sense of meaning and significance. If I do not give respect or honor, or worse, if I dishonor people, I impoverish my own life. If you're feeling like your life is just impoverished, maybe you need to reappraise what's really important and put back at a place of special 
the things that are actually special. He says this, I impoverish my own life. I demean its significance because I act as if it is as if it relates to worthless people. Man, to reappraise, to re-measure the value of things sets me up to live not only a life of significance, but a life that I feel is rich and a life that I enjoy. Um, Jesus talked about this. I love that Jesus is, is so multifaceted. He's the savior of the world. He's the king. You know, he's the, he's the conquering ruler who destroys the power of evil but he's also the great wise teacher of just how to do human life well. And, and I love in a portion of um, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six, he just gives some of the greatest wisdom around this whole thing of human psychology and how to live a fulfilling life. And he uses three images. Uh, verse nine, the image of treasure. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. So it's like, there are things in your life that you treat as treasure, but you can treat things as treasure which aren't going to last, which could go at any moment. It's like, that would, be, that would be a dumb thing to do. That would be not a successful way to do life. In, in opposition to that, verse 20, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and seal. Or I could invest my life in things which will last, which will be sure, which I can be confident will be of lasting value. And then, and then this one verse is almost worth the, the price of the Bible in itself kind of in terms of a, just a massive download in terms of human psychology and how to do life well. Verse 21, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Oh, what I put value on, my heart will follow. And it's like I could put value on stuff and my heart would follow it. And in the end, it would show that it was pointless. In the end, it would show that someone switched the price tags. In the end, it would show that it wasn't really worth it. And, and, and again, the incredible psychology is you don't try and measure where your heart is or control that. You control where you put your treasure and your heart follows it. It's like, oh my goodness, Jesus, this is brilliant wisdom of how to do life. Like reappraise what's really valuable in your life and, and, and see that as the treasure of your life and your heart is gonna go with those things. Uh, the second image he uses is of the eye. Again, what you focus on, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If I, if I monitor what I get focused on, and it's the good things, the valuable things, my whole life is going to be amazing. But on the other hand, if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And it's like, I got a choice. What am I going to focus on? The things that bring light and joy into my life or the things that actually destroy my soul? And again, I want to make sure I've got the right price tags on things. What's adding real eternal value to my life and what's just passing. The third image he uses is this, the idea of what are you going to serve? Again, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And it's like, okay, my lo I'm going to be involved in a whole lot of things, but but the thing that I serve out of my heart is the thing that I'm going to love. And if, I, and if I'm not serving that out of love, I'm actually going to end up resenting or despising or hating the demands it's making on me. And it's like, am, am, am I serving my career? So the demands of my family, I end up resenting. It's like, 
Jesus is like, that would be a dumb way to do life. Or do I, do I serve the purpose of God for my marriage and my family and I use my career and I use income to help make a great home and a great family? Man, this is Jesus at his most brilliant best as a teacher of how to do life wisely. And it's like, man, I need to, I need to reappraise. I need to make sure that, that my treasure is actually treasure. I need to make sure that what my eye is focused on is actually the things that are valuable. I need to make sure I'm serving the things that I want to give my life to so I don't end up resenting and despising the things that actually are really important. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of quotes around this. There's a famous quote. No one's really sure who first said it, but this. Some people reach the top of the ladder only to, def- only to find it is leaning against the wrong wall. And so I don't want to give 2021 to going hard to achieve certain things only to get there at the end and, dis- and discover, man, I've climbed this ladder, but I should have been over there. And again, it's like, that's why I love this time of the year. It's a chance to reappraise. Oh, in the, in the chaos and, and the busyness of life, I ended up climbing a ladder and I realized I'm going a, climbing up the wrong wall. This is a chance to come back down, put the ladder on the right wall and go, this is what I'm going after. This is what's really valuable. This is where I want to invest my time and my energy um, Stephen Covey is a, a leadership writer. He, he writes a similar kind of quote. If the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. That's why I love this time of the year. It's a chance to reappraise. If I'm going the wrong way, if I'm climbing the wrong ladder against the wrong wall, it's a chance to get down and go, do you know what? I value my marriage. Do you know what? I value the call of God on my life. Do you know what? I value my family. I'm going to start investing in those because the price tag on those is they are the treasure of my life. I'm going to use the other resources of my life to invest in those things. I kind of was really challenged about this at quite a young age. I was, I'm originally from Taranaki. I came to Auckland to go to university. And I remember as an 18-year-old, I was studying psychology, so I was reading a bit about people's development. And, and, and I, I was kind of, I was, as a young know-it-all 18-year-old, I was quite confused by the idea of men having midlife crises and the kind of stereotype of men who had kind of sacrificed their marriage and family to go after career and in midlife kind of woke up and went, oh man, I've lost everything that was important for the sake of this. And as an 18-year-old, I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend the next 20, 30 years chasing something to discover the price tags had got mixed up, to discover I was climbing a ladder against the wrong wall, that I was, that I was investing in stuff that wasn't really important. And, and as an 18-year-old, I remember one day walking um, in central Auckland and there was a, used to be a Christian bookstore and I walked into this Christian bookstore and I was just skimming through books and there was a book of uh, quotes and, and I came across this quote by the writer Rudyard Kipling, and it was, he was addressing the graduating class of an American university. So these are really intelligent young people, one of the top universities. They've, they've graduated, they're about to launch into life and to, and to attack life with purpose to go after stuff. And this is what he said to them. Do not care overly much for wealth or power or fame. Or one day you will meet someone who cares for none of those things 
and you will realize how poor you have become. I can still see myself as an 18-year-old standing in front of this book stall with this book, reading that, and it had such a powerful impact. And it's like, I don't want to wake up one day and realize I've spent my life on the wrong stuff and my life is actually impoverished now. So I decided at that moment, man, I want to go after what's really valuable. I want to go after real treasure. I want to set my eyes on stuff that fills my life with real riches. I want to serve the true purpose of life. And, and today, you know, over this time, as people have got a bit of downtime, I want to really encourage you. Life just gets busy. Purpose slips. Vision leaks. Values leak. This is a great opportunity. Before you reprioritize, before you reassess, reappraise. Reset the value on things. Um, the biblical concept for this is actually the word honor. I'm gonna, and I want to show you, if I'm going, well, what should I reappraise? I want to show you some things that the Bible says. These are the special things. These are the treasure. These are the things you want to serve. And, and, and the biblical concept is honor. The, the Greek word literally means this, the amount at which something is valued, the price and the value. And again, we often say, you know, honor is to honor something is to put your weight behind it. But you do that because you've already assessed that it's valuable and it's worth putting your weight behind. It's verse, worth putting your resources into. To honor is to place a high value on. On the other hand, to dishonor, Something is considered relatively unimportant, insignificant of things that do not elicit special admiration or attention, held in less esteem, to think lightly of or even to hold in contempt. And if you want all the stuff I've been talking about reappraisal, if you want the biblical language, it's like honor the right things. Don't dishonor things that you should honor. So what are some of the things, as maybe as you reappraise over the summer season, what are some of the things to think about? Am I valuing these in the right place? Let me show you a few things. Number one, Proverbs says this, honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Man, we're busy with life, but it's like, no, 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 hold on. The most important thing is there is a creator God who chose you before the creation of this world, who purposed your life for relationship with him. Put him in the right place. Put him in the first place. And again, this incredible biblical psychology, how do you honor him? Well, with your wealth. Again, if you put the wealth of your time, the wealth of your money, the wealth of your resources towards him, your heart will follow that. It's brilliant psychology honor God. How do I do that? I don't give of my time and my money just out of thankfulness. I give because I know there's a psychological thing that happens that my heart will follow where I'm investing. That's why I'll be involved in helping in E-teams. That's why I'll sign up for E-groups. That's why I'll tie. That's why I'll give to vision offerings. Because I, I want to keep God as the right value in my life. I want to honor Him. And how I keep my heart keeping Him in the right place is to make a decision to invest my resources into the purposes of God and His house. Another one, honor your father and mother. That sounds a bit... Strange in our culture. It's actually the bridge commandment between the commandments towards God and everyone else. And it's like, biblically, this is a significant thing. Like, treat 
your wider family, the, the older people in your extended family with respect. Honor them so that you may live long. It's like, this isn't, it's easy. To, oh, grandma, granddad, nana, they're a bit of a, you know, a nuisance. They get in the way that it's like, no, 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 no don't, don't treat them as, a, as an interruption, as a nuisance. No, honor says I put value on them. And so I choose to put resource into them. Jesus actually talked about this in Matthew 15, criticizing some religious people. Why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? God said, honor your mother and father. Verse five, talking to the religious people, but you say if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their mother or father is devoted to God and quotation marks, they are, they are not to honor their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. In their culture, honoring their mother and father actually meant putting some money towards them. Maybe that's not the issue today. Maybe time is your greatest resource. But again, man, this call, I need to honor my parents, my grandparents by putting some time and maybe some money to invest in them. Because something is going to shift in my life when I, I just didn't arrive. I'm, I'm only here because some people raised me. I'm only here because some people had a child and I need to honor them and respect them. Another one, Hebrews 13, marriage should be honored. Again, oh, it's not like, oh, my wife's kind of getting in the way. My, my real values on my work or my ministry or my business or my bank account. And, and, and marriage is just one of the common things at home, like the rubbish tins and the toothpaste. No, no, marriage is to be treated as one of the special things in your world. Marriage is to be honored, it's to be treasured, it's to be guarded, it's to be invested in. I put the weight of my resources, of my time and my energy and my money, I'm actually gonna invest in this thing because it's part of the treasure of my life and, and part of that, even the sexual relationship and marriage and the marriage bed should be kept pure. I'm not gonna start treating this with contempt and joking around or flirting or emotional attachments. No, no, I, I treasure this thing. And again, I want to challenge you at this time of the year, reappraise, rethink the value that you're putting on your marriage if you're married. Interesting, there's a whole lot of verses in the Bible about reappraising the value of your character. So this, Proverbs 11, a kind-hearted woman gains honor, but ruthless men gain only wealth. It's like there are certain people who trade off their integrity and character for the sake of wealth. There's other people that go, do you know what? My character is of more value than closing that deal. My character is of more value than making that margin of profit. I'm gonna be kind. Another one, I'm gonna be humble, Proverbs 22.4. I'm gonna avoid strife. I'm gonna be a person of peace because that brings honor. I'm gonna pursue righteousness and love. And it's like maybe part of reappraising is like I've just found just the busyness of life. I've ended up, my standards have slipped. Um, I've, I'm compromising certain things. And part of reappraising is that, do you know what? My character is one of the treasures of my life. I'm not going to sell this out for status, for promotion, for money. And part of reappraising is what's the place of money, what's the place of success versus what's the place of your own integrity and character. Come on, reappraise that. Here's a whole other thing. Jesus uh, went to his hometown, just says they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. Again, we can treat as common people. 
and we're not recognizing the grace of God on their life, that something supernatural flows through them. It's not like, oh yeah, that's just Sam and Kathy, they're nice people. No, no, that's Pastor Sam and Pastor Kathy who carry a grace on their life. We don't, we don't put people on a pedestal, but we honor the grace. Oh, that's just Pastor Wayne and Libby. No, 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 there's a grace on their life around leading worship. Pastor Esther, there's a grace on her life of authority. Pastor Scott, there's a grace on his life of apostolic leadership and authority. It's like, man, we want to honor the grace. I don't want to end up treating, remember, I don't want to end up treating with contempt because I don't attach the appropriate value to the grace on people's lives. Uh, and, and how that functions, furthering the purposes of God. Timothy talks about this. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. Man, God is important. I need to put a lot of value on him. So, so his purpose is important. So I need to put a lot of value on that. And he achieves his purpose through the church. So I need to put some value on that. And, and certain people he calls to take responsibility to lead that well. And people who pick up that sense of call and responsibility, I need to honor them. I need to recognize the value of what they're doing. And then I need to put my weight behind that. Here's another one. You were bought with a price, therefore honor God. But what? With your bodies. Oh, to honor God, I need to treat my body with some respect. The context is actually about sexual immorality. Also applies to addictions, drug addictions, alcohol. Also applies to just physical well-being. Part of, part of honoring God is also to put an appropriate value on looking after myself. I need to reappraise that. Man, it's a, you know, lots of New Year's resolutions about gym memberships and getting fit and stuff. That actually is a good reappraisal. 2021, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lift the value of just looking after myself a lot more. First Peter, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. Actually treat with respect those who have authority in our nation and the world, the police, the government. Easy to kind of be mocking and contemptuous. No, the Bible says treat them with some respect of what they deserve. And finally it says this, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. It's like, I just need to treat people with respect. Someone said this, you know, People aren't the means to get to the destination. People are the destination. People are the goal. I don't use people to accomplish what I want. I honor people. And it's like, man, I just need to reappraise how I treat some people in my world. Yeah, the ones who are closest to me, my spouse, my kids, my parents, people in my e-group, leaders in my church, my boss, my employees, my neighbors, my friends. I need, I need a, I need a, my life is going to be enriched, Tom Marshall said. I'm going to feel better about my life the higher I value the people as part of my world. And one of them, you know, the Bible specifically says this, whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. One of the things is what about those people in, that you bump into who can give nothing to you? The people at the checkout at the mall, the beggar sitting by the, by the shop front who you think is just annoying. What about if I treated people as people with respect? What about if I greeted people? What if I said hello? We were in uh, Hamilton last week with some friends. We were, we'd been missionaries 30 years ago, most of the urban poor in the Philippines. He's now a senior person in agricultural work. But I just noticed we parked in, a, in his car and got out and there was a guy begging you know, for 
spare change. And, and my friend, he, he's just like, oh, hi, how are you? Good day, isn't it? And I just noticed, oh, he just treated him with respect. Whereas I naturally would just kind of be annoyed. There's a whole lot of stuff I just threw at you. Maybe you want to hopefully took some notes or you won't go back and watch it again. What are some of the things the Bible says? If you want to do life well, these things are worthy of your attention. These things are worthy of resetting the value. And, and I love this thought that it's not about before I, we kind of jump to, I'm going to reset my priorities. I'm going to reevaluate. No, that will flow out of, first of all, I reappraise. I rethink the real value of some things in my life. And maybe at this time of the year, you realize, man, the, the price tags just slipped during the year. I ended up investing a lot of time and energy in some things that weren't that important. The tyranny of the urgent, the demands of our world. And I ended up letting slip some things that are actually important. How did I end up not so close to my kids? How did I end up not so close to my spouse? How did I end up not so involved in church? This is a great chance to reset. And it all starts with reappraising. Hey, I just want to talk to a specific group of people who might be watching today. Mark Twain said this, the two most important days in your life are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. And I just want to say part of reappraising, the greatest reappraising you can do is where does God fit in your life? Because the Bible says this, from one man God made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. Why? God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. What's the greatest thing you could do in your life? You, you could achieve a whole lot of stuff in your life. But why are you on this earth? God put you here so that one day you might seek him. One day you might go, I wonder if God's real. Maybe that's why you're watching this morning. I've never really been into church. I've never really done this. But something's interesting you. That's God drawing you to seek him and, and, and perhaps reach out to him to actually say a prayer and go, I don't know if you're real God, but if you are, show me. God, I want to know. God, I want to learn about you. God, I want to, if you're real, I want to know. And, and, then the third, and perhaps, and then to find him. If you're going to reappraise, the greatest thing that you could do in 2021 is find God. Actually, let him find you because he's seeking you. The Bible says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. It says the fear of the Lord. That's not scared. That's just the awesome respect of him is the beginning of wisdom. You can reappraise a whole lot of things, but the starting point is this. Would you put God back in the first place? Would you say, God, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want to put you in the first place. I want to assign to you the appropriate value. You're my, my creator. You're my Savior. My, you're my Lord. You're my friend. I want to invite you into my heart. And I want 2021 to be about God as first in my life. God bless you. I pray this is a great season as you reappraise what's of real value in your life. God bless you.